Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spill the Baby Tea, a podcast where we candidly talk about all things motherhood and parenthood. My name is Helen Wu Wang, and as a first-time mom to a nine-month-old baby boy and a working mama, I am quickly learning that being a parent is the hardest job out there. I'm here to create a space where we can all share, connect, and feel a little less alone. We're in this together, so let's get this episode started. As with every episode of Spill the Baby Tea, we are going to start with our giggle and drool of the week. But before we do, I wanted to introduce you all to the very first guest on Spill the Baby Tea. He is a special one. He is the love of my life and the Y chromosome to my ex to give us a healthy baby boy. He is my husband and baby daddy, Philip Wang. I don't think anyone's surprised. (laughs) Welcome to my podcast. Whoa, Whoa she got Philip. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> We're literally recording this at like 10 p.m. at night after watching The Bachelor. Okay, well, you are my first guest on this show. As I should be. As you should be. <laughs> I'm just you can, how about you share first what your giggle and drool of the week is? Oh, shoot, I was not prepared. Um, I guess my, my giggle, uh, so the giggle is the good thing, right? The giggle is the good thing. Well, I mean, I guess you haven't talked about this yet, but we are sleep training our baby, mm-hmm. um, which you should probably do an episode about. Oh, man. I feel like even you just saying that and letting the world know that we slept train our baby is a scary thing to say. There's a lot of controversy yeah. and judgment around that. Interesting. But you know what? I feel like with this series, it is important to talk about the things that you do as parents that will make things work for you and your little family and that is what we did at nine months right and so that's my giggle because it is working fantastically it is um and i was so emotional about it going into it um first night was was hard not necessarily i don't think on him it was actually just hard on us um anyways i don't want to that's again i'll save that for later but we'll we'll do another episode the giggle is that he's doing great and we're so proud of him and and uh and he's, he's sleeping really well. He slept 12 hours yesterday. Yeah. Insane. Um, and then what's the other one? What is your drool of the week? So drool, drool is like something tough about him? Just something that is not as great in the context of being a parent. Oh. I mean, there's so much to choose from. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, no I think... I don't know. It's hard to, it's just, yeah, just like time, you know, it's, it's, it's now he's waking up at six, you know, and so we have to like get up at six. I feel like I'm so used to, things are pretty consistent. I'm I'm totally butchering this section, but things are pretty consistent now where there's like no surprises of like, oh no, we got to do this or, oh gosh, that's so hard. Like, I think it's just, I'm just used to, what's yours? Give me, maybe you give me an example. My drool, you want me to, yeah. you want me to start with my drool? Yeah, okay. what's your drool? Um, my drool, I mean, I've been sick. <laughs> oh okay like i'm sure you can hear that's not related on to... this podcast but it is i oh. feel like when you're sick in the past you were able to take some days off and just stay in bed and sleep in or oh, get your rest and right now i feel like that is not possible with the baby and this is the first time i've been like really sick without 
we're not going to have any like yeah. parents around to help us either. So it's like, we have to be up at 6 a.m. tomorrow, right. even though I right. want to. So let's get this episode done. Let's, okay. let's get going. What's your giggle? <laughs> my giggle is that my sister and her little fam all finally moved from Boston to Los Angeles. They've been talking about it for like 10 years now. And her kids are three and four years old. They love our little nine month old. It's like the cutest thing in the world to watch the cousins grow up together. Um, and my sister and I, we are already scheduling babysitting days for each other, which is going to be such a big help. So that is my giggle of the week. Nice. <laughs> so on today's episode, we will be talking about all things booby related. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, it's funny, like this topic in a different era of my life or any person's life would be like a much different type of conversation. <laughs> yes, yes. This is a di very different way of looking about the booby region. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about breastfeeding, pumping, bottle feeding. How did I increase my supply? How do I see my boobs now? How does Philip see my boobs now? Oh, God. Basically, everything related to my breastfeeding journey. So it might be a, a bit more detail than y'all need, but this is the podcast where we're going to talk all about it. This is the this is the episode where all the freaks come out. They're like, I want to know all about <laughs> Helen's boobs. Depends on what we title it. Sure. How, what should I title it? <laughs> Curious about Helen's boobs. <laughs> oh Just kidding. Also, I think a lot of people might be surprised that I brought on Philip for this particular episode of me today because obviously, what we learned very early on in this new journey of parenthood is that your man nipples are hella useless. I'm so useless. They're so useless. Yeah. Like there have been nights where I'm breastfeeding or pumping and I look over at your half naked body, look at your nipples and just shake my head at them because they're so small and so useless. And so ductless. And, and ductless. <laughs> yes. I feel like it has no evolutionary purpose and male nipples should have been bred out of the human species by now. Although I feel like it's it's more like a, I guess it's more of a sensational thing for men, huh? I mean, yeah. some To some guys, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's that that's not my go-to region <laughs> at all, but <laughs> it's not. Yeah. In any case, I wanted Philip to join me on this episode today because even though his nipples are useless, this whole breastfeeding and pumping journey, Philip experienced all of it with me. My nipples might be useless, but me as a person is not yes, useless. Yes. yes. And yes, it would have been a lot more difficult to go through this journey without his support. So I wanted to highlight his contributions for oh, one. Wow. Because I think men are generally not involved in these conversations. Thus, they might not even know what to do to help, right? So mm. let's highlight that with this episode. And two, I know me deciding to breastfeed and continue to pump has not been the easiest to handle mentally. And I wanted to get the perspective of what a partner goes through in these scenarios too. So when we were pregnant, and I say we because it was a joint effort, we took baby classes that our hospital offered. Definitely recommend taking those, by the way. And one of them was all about breastfeeding. Yeah, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics, babies should be breastfed exclusively for the first six months. Beyond that, breastfeeding is encouraged until at least 12 months and longer if both the mother and baby are willing. And more recently, the World Health Organization recommends two years or longer. I don't actually know that fact. Helen, Helen wrote it in the notes <laughs> for me to read, and I'm shocked by that. Can I just say that a lot of those classes that we took, I think like it, it did help, sure, just to kind of like know some terminology and like like have some idea of what to expect but like nothing it's almost like when we started it was just starting all over oh yeah didn't it feel like that yes but i think it also if anything gave us some reassurance of what to expect but not really know how to handle i feel like we were still came. googling like as oh, things were sure. happening it's not like it's not like when we were having problems or issues i was like oh i remember this from session something right. something right yeah, yeah yeah but i think mentally when you go into like giving birth you feel a little bit more prepared sure. and not as scared yeah maybe that's why it's more helpful yeah so just to cover quickly what are the benefits of breastfeeding why do people talk about breastfeeding and all this guilt and pressure that comes with breastfeeding and i just wanted to talk about this quickly just so that we're on the same page you know it can improve your little one's immune system provide them with antibodies through your milk to fight off viruses and bacteria i have a lot of viruses and bacteria in me now to be sick but apparently through my milk he will get my antibodies from my sickness 
supposedly, but it could also lower the risk of developing ear infections, allergies, diabetes, and for the mom, breastfeeding decreases the risk factors of heart disease, osteoporosis, breast cancer, and ovarian and uterine cancer. It can also cut the risk of postpartum depression in half, which is all amazing. Not to mention, and this is one that is more immediately tangible, the carbon footprint. Breastfeeding is free, it doesn't cost a penny, the milk is always at the perfect temperature, and if you're exclusively nursing, it doesn't require bottles or nipples or excessive water usage to wash everything, no other supplies, which is why for me, I was very encouraged and inspired to breastfeed. So I asked on my Instagram, um, what questions do you have for me in terms of my breastfeeding journey? And my girl, Hemi, she came through with the literally all of it. I don't understand what it entails and how schedules are structured. So let's just start with that one. So we're going to go way back. We're going to go back to when our baby emerged from my body. And that's a very low key way of saying what actually happened more than that emerged from my body. But he was immediately wiped down. We were just waiting, watching, and heavily anticipating the first suckling to see if our baby would latch on or not. And our baby had potentially ingested some meconium while he was still in the womb. Meconium is this sticky, tar-like baby poop. Basically, their first poops that they have, they're hella sticky, like, like black taffy on a hot summer day. It's really gross. And they had to get that out of his system first. So after the nurses wiped him down, we had a lactation nurse guide him onto my boob and he was able to latch right away. What were you feeling during that time? Well, actually, even just before he came over, like I remember they brought him to that table and were doing the test. And I and I think actually those classes like kind of like were psyching me out because they kept stressing like, oh, you gotta get you know contact right away. You gotta you can't wipe them off that stuff because it needs to be on there. So I, I was like freaking out like, wait, wait, don't do too much. And I'm sure the doctors hear this all the time and they get like annoyed by it. But I was like, mm-hmm. stop, stop. Oh, wait, we we really need him. We really need him. Um, we want the goo. Yeah. Put the goo on my skin. I was, so I was trying my. I was so emotional just from the entire process. I was I was trying to like just trust the doctors, but also I was like, is everything going right? Is is this all everything that's supposed to happen? But I'm sure like in reality, it was actually very fast. Um, Finally, they brought him over and I I remember taking off my shirt because they (laughs) said that it was good for the dads to have, you know, skin to skin. I don't really know the science behind that either, but um, I I did it. We all, we got cuddled up in your bed. So that was nice. I liked just being that close to you after everything that just happened. Um, But I think, yeah, just when, when he latched on, I was really just um, first relieved that, you know, it was like the natural thing was happening and there were no issues. But then I think part, like I was also just in awe of what the human body was able to do. Um, Like I felt very primal in Mm -hmm. that moment, you know, like, uh, like we are really just animals. Like Like he was not doing anything different from what another animal would be doing. We're just like, we're just like them. We're just mammals. We're just mammals just with opposable thumbs and, a larger frontal lobe. Um, I was just in awe of what your body, a woman's body was able to kind of just do right away. And also just thankful too, because I know that latching and producing is not guaranteed either. So just relieved and then just trying to be present, and enjoy the moment, not be worrying too much and just watch him, you know, how did, I mean, who cares how I feel though? How, how, how did you feel? <laughs> I mean, it was wild. Um, when he started latching on me, your uterus actually contracts when your baby is nursing. So you can actually feel your whole body working in sync as your baby is nursing on you. It's kind of a, a little bit of a full body, like slight tingling sensation too, when you get the letdown. And when you hear the word letdown, that basically means when the milk is coming out of you. Did you actually feel like a flow? It, it, it feels like a tingle, like a little sensation on your nipple. Is it pleasurable? I could see how it could be, but no. (laughs) Hmm. If I were to do the same thing, would would it be pleasurable then? I don't. I don't know. We haven't. We haven't tried. tried, Okay, just everyone. All right, we haven't tried. Although anyway, and I just remember that some of the nurses at the hospital were so rough with him. Like they would shove his little head into my boob because they were like, deep latch, you got to get the deep latch right when he opens his mouth, like shove him onto your nipples. So he would open his mouth and I felt like I was shoving my boob, which was bigger than his head into his mouth and like smothering him with my boob. But I mean, it worked. He was sucking away. I, I remember feeling really good actually because they were saying, oh, you're doing great. 
And also they said that your anatomy was, was really good for it. Mm. So I don't really, I, don't, I haven't seen enough other people's nipples. So I don't know, necessarily know what that means, but I, the nurses have seen a lot. So I was like, okay, if they said that, then I think we're, I think we're in a good spot. Yes. Yes. Very, very relieved at. Great anatomy. Good anatomy <laughs> and nipples. <laughs> Wait, I have a question though. Does, does the milk just automatically start as soon as they come out? Or is it like you could already be breastfeeding before because I, I i remember you you did leak a little bit even before he was out right so were you already able to produce milk yeah good question so taking a step back i was already somewhat lactating five months before he was born i think it was july of last year i remember i was playing with my nipples okay <laughs> trying, trying to find where the holes were because i was like oh if i'm gonna be breastfeeding soon i should know where this milk is Okay, actually, actually this, is like? a, this is a really good point to make. And maybe as like a dumb guy, I don't know, it sounds like you didn't know either. <laughs> but I, this is going to sound so stupid admitting this, but I, I really thought it was like an actual cow, like an udder. Yeah. Where, yeah, you squirt out of one hole. But that's what I thought too. I had no reason to believe otherwise. Right? Um, And so <laughs> I just thought... Like I'm like, oh, that's that must be the same thing for for humans, right? Um, but in case you guys didn't know, you know, men or women out there, it's not one hole; it's many holes. Actually, it's not even really a hole. It's just like it's like porous, right? It's like a sponge. It just kind of comes out from different, like, it's, yeah, like it's it's kind of crazy. Like it's like a spout. It's like a colander for your vegetables, but for your milk. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. That was wild to learn that. Yes. Yeah. It was pretty crazy to see it spouting from like, I want to say like, at one point it was like 10 holes. <laughs> it's Again, it's not holes. It's like, it just like oozes out kind yeah, of. Yeah, but it sprays out sometimes. It sprays too. out with the right pressure. Yeah. Right. And also I think on your body, your nipples, you think your nipples are always going to look like it does and not change. But with pregnancy, your nipples get big. They look like sausages. They, they, they got big. <laughs> like mini hot dog sausages. I was like, whoa. <laughs> so out of curiosity for me, back in July, I started just squeezing them. And the more I squeezed, I saw a little dot of liquid show up. And I think, Philip, you might have taken a picture of it because we were like, whoa, what is this? And it was sticky too. And we looked it up and it's called colostrum, which is dubbed liquid gold because of its incredible antibody and nutrient content. It is the precursor to the breast milk that will soon feed your bundle of joy. It's like a yellowish, somewhat sticky fluid that will be your baby's first superfood until your your real milk comes in. It's just this amazing substance. And this is different for every woman, but I was producing small amounts of this colostrum way early on. And there are some people who suggest harvesting colostrum, which means extracting it from your boob and collecting it because it's really good for your baby, especially if they are sick. But my doctor recommended I not because harvesting your colostrum could put you into early labor. So I didn't want that to happen. And I would just wipe my colostrum on the acne on my face because I was having so much hormonal acne. Fun fact, it has antibacterial properties. So I did that with my colostrum. I still do that with my breast milk. Sometimes I wipe it on Philip's face and be like, get some of the good stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so I remember back to the to the hospital room. The first day he was latching super well. Everything was going great until the night hit. That first night, we introduced a pacifier, which we really did not want to do. But we tried putting him down. The nurses had come in. They had tried putting him down. He was screaming his little head off. Nothing was working. So we introduced a passy. And I remember reading that if you introduce one too early, they could have nipple confusion and not latch onto you. You were so scared and so against this, but... I was so sad that we had done it. Yeah, but we really had no other choice. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Lo and freaking behold, the next day, he wouldn't latch. I don't, I think, I don't think it was because of this. He wouldn't, do you remember that though? I just remember feeling so much guilt. So much, especially around like medical professionals. I feel like I can usually keep my shit pretty much together. But do you remember I started just like crying in front of our nurses, feeling so much guilt that he wasn't latching and blaming it on myself and us for that damn pacifier. <laughs> Fast forward, you know, eight months and he's totally fine. And the pacifier came out naturally. That's true. Right. I think as first-time parents, you just 
hyper-analyzing every decision and projecting it to change the course of their life, yeah. right? And it's just very scary. It is. So yeah. I don't blame you for feeling that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in those early moments of motherhood, like nothing else matters as a new mom with this heavy, heavy responsibility of making sure your baby was fed and safe. I think it's just instinctual, you know, like mama bear protection that comes out of you. And, and yeah, and obviously as the guy with useless nipples, I can't contribute or help in any other way other than to just be emotional support. So I wasn't, I, I all I could do is just whatever you want, whatever you're feeling, I validate you, but also try to comfort you, you know? So even if I, you know, even if I was like disagreeing or if I, um, thought it should be done a different way. I was like, okay, no, you're, you're the boss here. This mm. is, this is, you know, you're, you're running the show. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Well, eventually he was able to latch on again. Um, but I just wanted to kind of share on this podcast exactly why it does get difficult, which you hear all the time. And for someone who doesn't know the details, they might just be like, well, put him on your boob and let him suck. What's so hard about that? And I think most of the times people do think that, but it's like, no. If you think about it, you have a sleep-deprived, tired mom, a baby who's never seen the light of day, who's cranky and hungry, your baby can't communicate its needs to you, and you can't communicate yours to him or her, so you're both trying to accomplish this thing that requires both of you to be very much on the same page at the same time, your body also has to produce milk, which doesn't happen for every woman right away, and it has to produce enough of it at the exact same time your baby needs it, it also can't come out too fast, otherwise it'll spray him or her in the face, which was an issue that we had to deal with many times. And he'll also choke on it, remember that? Yeah. And if it comes out too slow, then your baby will start screaming in hunger. And you also have to make sure they're positioned in a comfortable place for that deep latch. You've got to get comfortable too, or else you're going to develop these back and neck pains. Like it's insane how many factors are in play to have a perfectly beautiful, calm nursing session. And in a perfect world, all of this would work in harmony for, what, like 8 to 12 nursing sessions per day for seven days a week for the entire first month. Yeah, I think I, I think I really have to emphasize how much work it is to breastfeed. And this is no duh, obviously, to everyone that's gone through it. But I think just to all the new people or the people that, um, yeah, like it, it, it's, it's coming up, like I feel so ignorant. I was one of those people that was like, oh yeah, breastfeeding, that's just part of that's just part of what happens. I didn't know that it had to happen so much. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it, that it had to um, happen so perfectly. I didn't know that it was so difficult. Mm. Um, so just strap in for a ride. You know, I think everyone's breastfeeding situation journey is going to be different. I remember seeing comments when you were pregnant of people saying, oh, all right, you know, after the pregnancy, you know, it, there's another trimester. It's it's breastfeeding, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, what do you mean? It's just going to be trimester, yeah. Yeah, it's just going to be, you know, just put it on the boo, holding there. It's like, no, yeah. You, and now, like looking back, I'm like, yeah, that's so ignorant to think that you could just put this new organism to just figure out how to learn how to, you know, latch and and drink and how often and frequent it is. Oh my gosh, there's so much that I didn't realize. Yeah, and it's it's such a huge time commitment too. It's every two to three hours, even in the butt crack middle of the night. Remember our 12 a.m., 2 a.m., 4 a.m., 6 a.m. Like you are back in your bed or your rocking chair, wherever you are trying to get this baby to latch. Again, I want to reiterate that being a mom is such a full-time job. 
and just painting the picture for y'all. Like that is why being a mom is never a vacation, which I think some people think it is, but totally is not. Not at all. And like, you know, no offense to people that have pets, but like, <laughs> don't don't talk to me about your pet and like that you can relate <laughs> when we're talking about my baby. Because um, you can just let a pet kind of just like walk around. But like, I think the thing is when you say like, it's, it's not, a, it's a, it's a full-time job. It's not just like the being a mom. It's like, you're just keeping something alive. Literally, if you don't do that for like a minute or two, like it, it, it puts them at risk. Right. So mm. you're just always on alert. You're always being needed. And um, it's very scary. It's just very stressful. Yeah. So then by the third day, my nipples were sore. I remember I was already growing blisters and my boobs were engorged when the colostrum started going away and the milk started to kick in. Do you remember that? My boobs being hard as a rock. That was weird. Yeah. I was like, is this how breast implants feel? (laughs) (laughs) Did you think it was hot? (laughs) No, because you looked like uncomfortable. It was was not hot. (laughs) It was very round and circular. (laughs) Yeah. It was just it was just swollen. I think that's what it, it didn't look it didn't look hot because it looked like it looked you, swollen. You, look, you looked uncomfortable. Yeah, you looked uncomfortable. I had very swollen boobs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, the, I think it'd be very weird if I was like, "Ooh, you, yeah, <laughs> your discomfort is so hot." Yeah, it was just like spraying you in the face. So once the progesterone, which is a pregnancy hormone, once that drops and once that's once your placenta leaves your body and your milk producing hormones like prolactin and insulin that kicks in, you stop producing the little pea-sized bit of colostrum and you start producing breast milk, like heavy <laughs> breast milk. And no one talks about this, but basically when your milk starts kicking in until your baby builds up a regular nursing routine or depending on how much you're pumping and extracting from your boobs, it takes time for your body to regulate and produce what you need. So it was a lot for me at first. My body was just like, here's the max level of milk you'll be producing. What you want, what you want to keep. It's like a process of supply and demand. The more milk your baby takes, the more milk your body will make, which to me was wild. Yeah, the, I again, this whole process of you being pregnant and being you know, a mom is just made me appreciate and bewildered by the female body and yeah. it knows when to like start these hormones when to stop these hormones it learns um it's, it adapts it's, to your baby it's incredible right and so i ended up building a massive freezer stash of milk not by pumping extra milk but just by using something called a haka do you want to explain what that is it's basically just a little cup that you know it's like a suction cup that is goes over your other nipple that you're that uh, the baby's not feeding on so while the baby's sucking your other boob is like well what am i doing here like it, it doesn't know like it, it's also producing milk too so it just it's a suction cup slash bottle that that uh catches all the milk yes so when your baby is nursing on one side the other boob automatically starts dripping too that that is one area where the body's not that smart <laughs> like how how cool would it be if, if the body knew oh the other like, oh, this one's not being used. All right, we, we won't be releasing. Honestly, I thought it was really cool because like when, when it was started, like anytime one side started to activate, the other side just knew to also activate yeah. itself too. It's like they're connected. Yeah. And not singular entities. I'm, I'm just saying it, like, your, it's like your body would be even smarter if yes, it knew. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. And I, I think getting just the haka is one of the best things that was suggested to me. And I'm suggesting that to any of you out there who are soon to be moms, get that haka And if you're producing a lot of milk, capture that letdown from your other boob. Freeze it because you never know when you're going to go back to work or start pumping. Whatever it is, you're going to need that milk. Breast milk is good for six months in the freezer. And just another benefit of the haka is that when you extract the foremilk from the other boob by just starting the extraction process, your baby is able to get that fatty, dense milk that comes in after the foremilk because... No babies want that skim milk in the beginning. And they actually end up sleeping better when their bellies are full with the fatty milk. So using the haka is always um, a good step to add into your nursing journey. So up to this point, you're like at day three, but you know, we've been doing it now for like nine months. But like looking back, what are some things that you would have done differently along your breastfeeding or slash pumping journey? So around month five, my supply took a huge nosedive. And this literally broke my damn heart when it did. The reason why I took a dip was 
there was a suggestion that I stop feeding him so much because our baby was at like 90th percentile for weight, was nursing about 20 minutes still at five months, and he was spitting up a lot. If you followed our Instagram stories, we posted a lot of spit ups on our shirts. Yeah, like like we thought it was an abnormal amount of spitting up. Right. So I would nurse him for five minutes and literally it was like, all right, it's been seven minutes, like pull him off. And reluctantly I would, about a week later, I, I got my period. Yes, I am still breastfeeding now and I have my period. And my boobs, it suddenly stopped producing as much milk, very suddenly. And this happens when your body thinks you're trying to wean the baby off your breast milk. Your period comes back, your milk supply dips. And simultaneously to all this happening, our baby stopped sleeping well through the night. So it became a question of, is he eating enough? Which is the complete opposite problem of what we had before. You can't tell how much they're actually taking from your body through nursing. They say you just check his weight and how many diapers he has. And if it's all normal, then they're getting enough milk. But he started to wake up through the night every two to three hours, even though he had been sleeping like five plus beforehand, and it would appear that he was hungry and not getting enough milk from me through the day. And I was just so emotional during that time because of the huge dip in supply. So what I ended up doing was I took out my pump. I was so frustrated. Oh my gosh, I just started leaking just now. Um, But I was so frustrated. No one told me and I did not know that when I shortened his nursing on me for five minutes, I should have used a pump to continue extracting milk from my body until each breast was empty. Otherwise, your body's like, oh no, 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 there's still milk left in your boobs. It looks like you don't need me to produce anymore. So I went from producing milk very well, like five to eight ounces at a time, to producing like an ounce when I pumped for a full hour. I'm not even kidding. Like every little drop I was holding on to every pump session I cried through. I was so angry, so pissed that I could have changed so fast just like that. I just felt so defeated. Yeah, we thought that like we had missed the window or that the window like, that it was like the door was closed on. Yeah. Like cuz you were producing so much. I almost felt like overconfident like oh like yeah like you're you're going to I took it for granted like oh, oh yeah, you could yeah, too. you could do this and then once it stopped it was like oh shoot, this was this is a very um this was a huge blessing that we, you know, kind of. Right. Yeah, should I stopped using my haka too because I was like, oh, I'm producing enough. Yeah. I don't need the haka. I started wiping yeah. away breast milk. And so, and we were also just re- reaching into our freezer stash. And every time we'd pull out like six, five ounce bags per day, which is what our baby needed. And that stash started to dwindle fast. And every time we did that, it was just like so painful to see. Um, so to answer your question, this is what I would have done differently. One, let him probably take what he needed from my body or experiment with shorter feedings, but supplement with pumping to continue keeping my supply up. I would say don't ever take that for granted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now I'm at pumping at 25 to 30 ounces a day, which breaks down to about three, sometimes eight ounces each session, depending on the time of day. You don't get eight ounces, right? You're like four ounces. Nighttime. During the night, I get about eight. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean... I, I. what you did to get it up was something called power pumping, which you guys can Google. <laughs> yes, power pumped. Um, and also, I would just say consistency with pumping. I know it sucks, but basically, I, t- I was tied to my pump every two to three hours. I also, how I increased my supply, ate oatmeal every morning. Oats are supposedly good for milk production. Um, cut down on caffeine, drank lots of liquids, drank papaya soup. I also bought this thing called Legendary Milk's Liquid Gold, which a lot of women swear by in increasing their supply. And I took this thing called Sunflower Lecithin, which helps with any clogs and ate milk cookies. And of course, I took my regular postnatal vitamins also. But yeah, that's what I did. I think I was very much prepared to switch over to formula once all of our frozen milk was used up. But with the formula shortage going on, and literally like no formula left on the shelves. I was very persistent about getting my supply back up. I, I'm very proud of you for doing the physical, um, you know, labor to to get it back. I I, I knew that. Um, I think when I when I saw like how little was coming out, I was like, oh shoot, I don't think this is gonna mm. this is gonna work. And you were just sitting there on that pump, and just it just kept pulling at you, pulling at you. And nothing was coming out. I was like, "This is this is so unfair." Like, I, I was like, "I wish I could take some of this off of you, and and you know, take some of the physical burden off you." But 
um but you did it and and you and you got it back over over time and I'm just very grateful that you put yourself through that. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, it took about two to three weeks to get it back up. Yeah. I would say the downside of all of this, and this is something I'm still really sad about, is that now when we put him on my boobs again, he just looks at my nipples. It's it's as if it's the most foreign thing to him, and he had not been nursing on me for five months. He has bitten down on it. It is painful AF. His little teeth are starting to come in and his teeth have like jagged edges on them because they're not fully formed yet. And it's like, I, I thought my nipples were strong. I thought that having gone through breastfeeding and pumping, like my nipples are tough, but I've screamed every time he bit on my nipples and I have just thrown in the towel with nursing and I am exclusively pumping now. Hey, at least you can do that. Let's I be know. grateful, right? So let's be yes. grateful for that. But oh, I, do, for sure. I, do, I do think like, it's a little funny. I remember when you were, when we were still breastfeeding, you would always show me these Instagram videos and there was this one trending sound that was always like, if happy ever after did exist. And it would just be that. And it was always related to, you never know the last time you're, you're going to breastfeed or you never know the last time you're going to pick up your kid or whatever. And so we're always like, hey, you never know when this is going to be the last time you breastfeed. And actually like, do we know when we the, don't know. do we actually know when the last time was that just kind of happened? I think oh. I think I do remember like I think that was the last one. On the plane? Was it the plane? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it was we, probably around that time. Or there was one morning like he was already like starting to get confused and the only only way to get him to do it was like when he was really drowsy or something. Oh, yeah, but my heart. If happy ever after exist. People if you're a mom out there you've seen these videos. It was so annoying. I was, I was like, the rest of that song is not cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Um, but, you know, I, I am just happy that I am at least still able to produce. And am I fond and envious when I see mothers breastfeeding their one-year-old? Totally. I wish I could do that. But I know I can't. And I know even me producing milk right now is a blessing and a luxury. So I can't complain. I can only accept where we are today and move forward with it. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't have to pay $200 for formula. So true. Thank you for that. I think it would be more than that, but true. Yes. You're welcome. I guess from your perspective, how have you been supporting me throughout this journey? <laughs> uh, you keep saying I'm useless. So <laughs> have I been supporting you? Um, You've been very useful. Honestly, it, it, like the way I see it, it's, it's, it's not just breastfeeding. I think it's just related to all things um, motherhood. What the dad can do in, in these early newborn phases is if the way I see it is like, it's kind of like you're on a, on a team like a basketball team and you have your star player and they have to do so much heavy lifting so i'm just trying to be the role player i'm trying to be the the, the water boy i'm trying to be the coach i'm trying to be the cheerleader like that's all i can do and it's like hey you go be the best version of yourself you be the star we need you to score the points and win the games let me set you up for success around you so you know when you had to pump i just let you i try to bring everything that you need around you when you're done with pumping i would you know do all the bagging and bottling, um, washing a ton of bottles, um, you know, just basically trying to make sure that all you're thinking about is is the pumping and dealing with that physical, you know, demanding um, task. And I'll just try to do everything else. And you do. Thank you for that. Thanks for I appreciate you. Thanks for saying that because you always make me sometimes. You know what? The when one you time, leave, you the leave. one time that you wash a bottle, you're like, oh, I guess I'm wash the bottles again. I'm like, girl, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Well, why weren't my bottles washed? <laughs> One time. <laughs> okay, so we have a few questions from um, my Instagram that some people asked, and maybe we can just go through this quickly. This is a much longer episode than I had anticipated. It's a lot to talk about. We're like scratching the surface, too. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to ask the question? Sure, yeah. Okay. So, um, Simi asked, how do you clean up your pump through the day or on the go? Philip does. <laughs> yeah. You should be asking me that, Simi. Yeah. Okay. So, the way I do it is, um, no, I mean, we we just have, you know, uh, bottle cleaners. Um, was it? It's not like a sponge. It's like, what are those? A bottle sponge cleaner? Bottle sponge cleaner, yeah. And and soap. Yeah. <laughs> a special, like, more, mi soap more mild soap. Baby Yeah. Yes. You have a foam. It's a foam soap. It's better than this other liquid soap. Anyways, um, 
It's so it's so funny because I remember when we when we were getting our dishwasher, one of the selling points was like, "Oh, there's a there's a bottle washer in here," and I'm like, now looking back, I'm like, we never use that because who's going to run? Sold us on that. Yeah. They were like, "Oh, you're having a baby soon. You're gonna you can use this for the bottles for that deep clean." Yeah, and it's like, no, we ha- we we have to wash bottles like literally like six times a day. I'm not going to run the dishwasher for the, for two bottles yeah. every time. Um, but uh, yeah, if, if we're home, we'll just do it in the sink. And that I think that's what when you said earlier, I didn't think about that. But breastfeeding, yeah, like you save out. Oh, you don't on, have to do any of that. Any, we didn't yeah. have to remember. It was all on me. Right. And I will say that it is much less of a burden now that we are sharing the responsibility of pumping and someone feeding. <laughs> that's the th- that's another thing too. When you're breastfeeding, and because you had bought all these bottles and like a sanitizer and, and and dryer and and we weren't using any of it i'm like babe why do we even buy all this stuff yeah. it's just sitting there and then now we use it so much because yeah. we graduated into that phase but early on i'm like oh yeah like i never had to wash anything it was <laughs> great i just got puked on that was all i had to be prepared you never know you never know um but yes I'll, what you just mentioned earlier wabi sanitizer it was a present from two of our good friends yuri and johnson and might be one of the best presents that we've received it sanitizes and dries your bottles it is amazing definitely recommend that all right carolina blue skies ask how long do you plan on breastfeeding also traveling and pumping tips i plan on going for at least a year and then we'll Coming see up where it. we are yeah. i know we are three months away it's cra- you know what it's become such a habit now i was just just thinking about this in the car today as i was pumping i was like this is so natural i just feel like it's a habit that you build and mm. it's like brushing your teeth you just do this yeah. now it's every like, three to four it's hours your lifestyle it. yeah yeah um, so I don't mind it, I don't think, but I think it's going to be a re- relief once it's out of, once we stop washing bottles and all of that. Um, at this moment, our baby is very much transitioning away from breast milk and loving his solid food. So, so two months ago, he was still at maybe four to five ounces. Now, if he takes three ounces, it's great. So his needs are definitely changing. Wait, and- so if we, if we stop, are we, would it be a formula or... You just don't even do any... I think... At, remember what you um, read earlier? <laughs> after six months, oh. it's um, it's good if they can go for a year. And then after that, they could just be going on solids. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And cow milk. Moo. Um, in, in like boba? <laughs> milk tea? <laughs> sure. Maybe no tea. Maybe just the milk. Yeah. For pumping on the go tips, I always have my pump bag. I use the base diaper bag for my pump, my Spectra pump. It's a big pump, but it fits in the base bag. We're very public about us being... On the go pumpers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wear that thing with pride. You do. You're always like, I can hold this for you. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> but I always have in there my Spectra, a canvas tote to hold my Spectra if I want to walk around and pump. I have my pump shawl, pumping bra. This is all the stuff that you need to pump on the go. Bottles, flanges, caps for those. I have my Lanoche, Lansano, Lanoche, whatever it's called, milk bags to pour my milk into after I'm done pumping. I have a small cooler bag with ice packs in them. I have a plastic Ziploc bag for any wet pump parts and a pump part wipes. Pump part wipes, it's hard to say, if I need to clean them for any reason. Um, But no matter what, if I'm leaving the house for more than two hours, I will have all of these items on me. So if you see Philip walking around with a black bag, all of that is in there. And the thing is, I'm not doing it because I'm trying to show off. I think I want people to know this is what it takes. Like... You, like this my wife has has to do this and i'm not going to like hide it you know to make you feel comfortable like i want you guys to know this is what she has to do this is how much stuff we have to bring like more people should know that's all all right t crystal asks at the end of my pump i find that i can still hand express milk is that normal so just letting you know since i'm such a pro hand express does not mean acting out milk <laughs> it means it means uh, squeezing more milk out Yes, yes. Um, my sister taught me this, and I do this all the time now. And I do believe it helps your supply because you're fully extracting everything that is in your boob out when you hand express. Your boobs knows that it needs to produce more once it's empty. So I hand express basically. You are literally milking yourself like a cow after pumping. And I feel like my right boob always has an extra half ounce left in there. So it's a lot left in there after you you finish. You know, pumping. I actually can kind of relate to this. Oh, in what way? Because after you after you pee, it's there's you know the like guys you gotta like do a little shake because there's still some like pee really? in there. Yeah, so you gotta like kind of squeeze it out. You like shake it out. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, you so do that? Other- I did not know that. Otherwise, you get like pee on your like underwear and stuff because there's like there's. Well, you can't just because for me, I like squeeze. I use my my pelvic muscles to just, squeeze well, it out. The, like, why do you think you've seen in in movies? Are there muscles in your? Yeah, you can of course. But so I'm saying you can you can squeeze it out too, like without touching it. 
it it's a it's better to like cause no because there's no i think you still need to <laughs> shake like that's why you see in like movies and stuff like guys like shaking it off huh because there's just like little drops that yeah even if you squeeze it's not going to push out a drop or two yeah Anyways, this isn't about my dick. This is about <laughs> your nipples. Okay. Oh, no, I did not know that. All right. Okay, We're all learning about our anatomy. <laughs> all right. Um, Mish asks, how have the appearance and feel of your boobs changed since giving birth and breastfeeding? Mm. Why don't you answer that question for me? I don't know how they feel on you, but they're definitely um, bigger. Um, not as big as newborn phase, like right, like the mother Oh, the rock hard yeah. porn star boobs. Yeah, no. Um, and uh, the nipples are longer. <laughs> the areolas are bigger. They were actually darker before. Yeah. I realized they were darker. They were huge before. Yeah. Yeah. Now they look a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, your, your breasts are wonderful regardless of the size. Pre-birth, post-birth, um, as they're changing, it's, it's actually like a very beautiful thing. My uh, relationship with them is definitely different now, seeing what they're going through to feed our son. And I uh, appreciate them in a different way. Um, but it's funny, guys actually, and actually girls, like they bring up the size and they're always like, oh, lucky you, blah, blah, blah. But um, I don't know, I've never really been a boob guy anyways. <laughs> more of a butt guy. That's and, true. Uh, You're more yeah. of a butt guy. Huh? And, uh, and yeah, you always had a nice bootay. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm more curious as to how it'll go back oh yeah i've seen instagram reels and i think a lot of people say that sag a little bit Mm. (laughs) yeah Mm, or some people even say they get smaller than what it was before which i cannot imagine my boobs are pretty small before no they were they were pretty good they were like okay they were like bees (laughs) now that's that's very good they're like big c's yeah or maybe just c's i don't know yeah okay well we'll see (laughs) that'll be an update (laughs) (laughs) all right um Celine asks, how to keep consistent pump schedule when going out having friends over? Yeah, so I used to be very self-conscious about this. I used to hide in my room whenever I needed to pump when friends were over. But now I've gotten more comfortable with just pumping under my pump shawl when people are around. People will still give you weird looks and think you've got like a baby nursing under there. And usually guys are the ones that will freak out and kind of run away when they realize it's not a baby, but like a machine underneath. I mean, just normalize it however you feel comfortable. It's such a human and natural part of life, you know? So do whatever you feel comfortable doing and and let the people around you adjust is what I would say. I think it's cool. Even when like um, other friends like were talking about it, I was like, I wasn't like weird. I was more just like, that's incredible. Like it's fast. It's actually just fascinating Hmm. that, um, it's possible and that, you know, machines have been created to, to yeah. make it happen. And a huge convenience, I think like before pump machines, like like there was like manual pumps. Oh yeah, there still are hand pumps. That's that's incredible. Yeah. Anyways. Well, okay. So before you saw me pumping, if you were to see another friend who was a girl pumping in front of you, would you stand there just in awe or would you have been like, cool, walked away? Or you've been like, well, so I think, what's well, going on? I think, I think that's the thing. Maybe, maybe you're misinterpreting. I don't think they're walking away because they think it's weird and gross. I think they're just trying to give you privacy. Mm. That's what I would do. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, oh, I can't believe she's doing that. It would just be more like, am I supposed to like see this? You know, like, yeah, it's more yeah. like that. I see. So it's actually, I feel like more on the mom to let them know, hey, it's cool. Like, I don't care. Mm. I, I, I do do i yeah, do say that right there's the, people still walk away like oh yeah cool 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 so that's them yeah <laughs> all right last question rhythmic panda if you had another baby and they nursed well enough would you still pump great question i would try and figure out a combination of bottle feeding and nursing that is my ideal situation and one that i wish i could have maybe started more from the beginning i was so i was so precious about just nursing that now I can't even nurse and I just am exclusively pumping. But I think if I introduced the bottle earlier on and did nursing at the same time, it would have helped me a lot with taking off some of the burden of his feedings. And he would have been more accustomed to both nipple and both nipples, fake nipple and real nipple. So that is what I would um, do differently for number two, if we have one. Whoa, 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 rhythmic panda. Let's relax a little here with these questions. <laughs> Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us on this very important topic today. I hope it was informative and somewhat relatable to those of you who are going through your own breastfeeding journeys as well. I also want to just close out this topic and say that 
I know this can be a very touchy topic for some. Breastfeeding, even if you can, is a hard-ass journey, as you've heard through. It's a hard boob journey. It's, it's a hard boob, hard boob journey, yes. Physically, mentally, psychologically, dealing with spikes in supply, dips in supply, nipples getting cracked. We haven't even talked about that. It's a lot to deal with and to keep up with. But then there are also a lot of people who are unable to breastfeed, even if they had every intention of it. I would say that amongst even our friends, Philip, and people I've spoken to personally, more women haven't been able to breastfeed at all or for as long as they would have liked than women who have been able to. So let's just put that out there that yes, there are huge benefits to breastfeeding, but if you can't or you make the decision not to, that's okay. Infant formula is a healthy alternative and provides babies with the nutrients they need to grow and thrive. We know a lot of formula baby adults, I think you were actually, yep. after three months of formula yeah. baby, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it turned out well. <laughs> uh, I think you meant to say perfect. <laughs> and they turned out perfectly fine. So for any moms out there who are either breastfeeding or have evolved from it or decided not to altogether, fuck what everyone says. You are doing the best for you and for your family and for your little one, no matter what path you choose to take. Fed is best, so keep doing what works for you and your family. I would love to hear from other moms out there what your breastfeeding journey was like, and I would love to hear from dads and supportive partners out there also. What was your experience like? It is so unique and such a foreign and insane venture that we go on as parents. Um, I would love to hear if you decided to go with formula right away, if you also had distance supply, what helped you bring up your supply? Are you still breastfeeding a toddler? What's that journey like? Because that might be the next thing that we face. But thank you, as always, for allowing me to share my personal journey with you all. I have so much more to learn and would love to continue connecting and learning from all of you out there as well. You can follow ABG on Instagram at Asian Boss Girl and me, Helen, at HWooWoo. And hopefully you know by now, but we have shows out every Tuesday and our main show on Thursday. And lastly, thank you again to my husband, Philip, for being the most supportive hubs throughout my continuing breastfeeding journey. Thank you for being the provider of our son's life and nutrients. <laughs> Thank you for washing my bottles. There are some in the sink right now for that, you. That sounds so much less like <laughs> epic. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for uh, cleaning my supplies. From us and our little bums. <laughs> Bye for now. Just kidding. Bye for now. All right, we got to feed our baby real quick. Dream feed time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>